focus on your next 90 days. Don't focus on what's going on, you know, at the end of the year. There's a saying, people overestimate what they could do in a day and underestimate what they could do in five years. So if you just focus on the pieces and just continue to get better, then you'll look back five years from now and just be in amazement like, I was there and now I'm here. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 546. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to today's guest, Peter Scheinen. Peter is an ROI maximizer from Scale Strong LLC, and I think, Peter, that I'm going to have lots of bloopers today, so listeners, be prepared to be entertained. Positive Productivity is not about perfection, and I just want to throw out there before we do a, like a real full-blown introduction. Peter and I are both parentpreneurs. So if you hear any background noise, especially from my side today, because I just want to pre-apologize, all my three littles are at home today. It's a little bit insane. But Peter, welcome so much to the show. I cannot wait to dive in, dig in, and learn more about what you do and where you came from. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I look forward to having a conversation with you. Oh, yes. That was so eloquent, wasn't it? Peter, you started building companies when you were 16 and stock trading. Like that sounded like I was telling you, but I meant to ask you, how did it even occur to you to start building companies and stock trading back then? I grew up in a family business and grew up seeing a company go from one vehicle. They had a, it was a landscaping and maintenance company growing from one vehicle to almost 10 vehicles with, uh, you know, bobcats and skid steers, trailers and all that, and lots of employees. And so I seen the ground stages of a company being built. So I was fortunate enough to have experienced watching the startup phase to the growth phase and fortunate to have parents that also included me into that uh, environment. That is so beautiful. My kids, my teenagers especially, have seen that here. And I remember three years ago, my son, Robert, who's going to be 13 this week, I remember him asking me, Kim is, or yeah, he doesn't call me Kim. He says, Mom, do you think you should go get a real job? (laughs) And it really struck me. Like it hurt, you know, but I knew why I was doing it. I was like, no, you know, It might not feel like we're making much money, but in all actuality, if I go back to work, it's going to be a lot more expensive. Go back to quote work, I should say. I work a lot more now than I did then. Isn't that so funny? You remember the entrepreneur. I just, I remember my parents, there was like no cutoff, like even dinner was involved in business. And as a homepreneurs, parentpreneurs, it's so challenging in order to create boundaries because oh you just gosh, your yes. day just becomes like one one day of business and family and everything else 
My husband and I had a date this past weekend, our first real date in a year. And I struggled with not talking business while we were out. But I I think I managed. Actually, the only time I didn't manage very well was when a client texted me. And I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. We are one of those couples that doesn't sit at the table with our smartphones, you know, at dinner or when we're out to eat. And I feel bad for people who do. Like there was a couple near us who both had their smartphones and we were out at a nice place. We were at the melting pot. Have you ever been there, Peter? No, I have I haven't not been to the melting pot. It's amazing. If you like fondue, it's amazing. But there was a couple right near us and they were both just staring at their smartphones. And I was like, that's so sad. So my, we came back, so we're, we'll get into it, but we're living in, for f- four years, we're living in South and Central America. And me and my wife had our two kids in South, South America. And when we came back, we didn't have really b- too many babysitters. So when we came back to visit, my mother-in-law watched our kids and we went out to on a date and my wife's like, can we just not talk about kids or business? And then I just stared at her. <laughs> I was like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> yes. Because that's all, that's all that it was about, you know, like that was our life was, was kids, you know, our family and then business. And I was like, what are we going to talk about? And so for a moment, it just, we had to get used to just having a conversation, like remembering back, what were we talking about when we were dating? No it kidding. It was just so funny. Yeah, exactly. So actually what we talked about, my husband came up with this great plan. We're finally going to go on our honeymoon in the next couple months, like seven years after we've been married, but late is better than never. Okay. It, of course. Where are you guys planning to go? Well, this is the grand plan that my husband came up with. We figured that since we are going to have five days, because that's the time constraint that we have with the sane part of our family that can actually watch the kids during our planned time. My husband actually just wants to get a hotel near the melting pot and get a reservation there every night for dinner. That's what we talked about during our honeymoon or during our day out. There is, as long as you're getting away and you're able to spend quality time with each other, isn't that what a honeymoon is about? Oh my gosh, just being able to have a bathroom where nobody has to get in you know, right when we get in there, because we have, we have one bathroom on our main floor and one in the basement because we have a finished basement, but the kids, the little ones don't know how to go down there or we don't let them because who knows what trouble they would get into down there. So it feels like every time one of us goes to take a shower or goes in to use the bathroom, there's that knock at the door. I have to go pee. It's like, seriously. So just getting away to a bedroom, that's not going to have toys all over the floor, you know, landmines. And a bathroom that's actually ours is going to be amazing. We don't need to fly 18 hours to go to a tropical beach. If we could teleport there, that would be amazing. But I don't want to spend three days of our time traveling to get there. So we had our first place that we got when we were in South America. It was this little apartment and it had one bathroom and the toilet was almost inside the shower. Like it was just... It was just small. It was, it's more European. So mm-hmm. everything's a lot smaller. So when we finally moved back to the U.S. here and we were able to connect with a family member regarding a house that was empty, this house is seriously like a mansion. <laughs> it feels like a mansion because it has several bathrooms. It's big. We're able to get it a little bit better in terms of, 
you know, the monthly rent amount. And it seriously feels like a mansion, but somehow my kids' toys creep in everywhere around the house, into the bedrooms, into the my home office, into <laughs> everywhere. I find books and toys. In fact, there's toys in my office right now, and I cleaned it up last night. Yes, I they feel that. I have on my desk right now, I have one of those ball canning jars. I just had to pick it up. That is stuffed with cotton balls, plastic spiders, and it has a light in the middle, and it's supposed to be my nightlight. And I have taken this thing out of my office multiple times, along with all these toys and the buckets of clothes and everything that's out here. But is that just, as parentpreneurs, is that just something that we need to get used to, do you think? And actually, part two to that question, will you miss it when it's not happening anymore? I'm not going to miss it, I'll be honest, Um, (laughs) because, but I will enjoy this time or try to enjoy as much as possible because my daughters are, you know, four and two years old. And that time, I don't even realize how fast it went to four. Mm -hmm. Um, And people say, they always say, like, my kid is, you know, a teenager now and it went by so fast. And so I'm like, well, if everybody around me is saying how fast that time has gone by, then maybe I should pay attention a little bit more. And so I just tried to tell my kids at the end of the night before dinner, all their toys must be picked up before they eat. And they usually were on top of them, helping them out. And they're picking everything up, putting it away so that at least we have the night and the morning time up to a certain extent with a, with a clean floor (laughs) to a certain extent. And we each have our chores. My wife has her chores. I have my chores to clean up and they have theirs. So they made the mess. Uh, they got to help us out. (laughs) And so, um, we've been fortunate enough to have (laughs) a four year old that actually listens and picks her toy somewhat of her toys up amazing that helps so much yeah our five-year-old loves to pick up and our three-year-old twins love to make the messes right back up again so your parents taught you or showed you a lot of the entrepreneurial ropes what was one good or another good lesson that you learned and a not so good lesson that you learn from in a good way. If that does that make sense? That wasn't very yes. eloquent, but I know what I was. Yeah, trying to I, say. I understand. So I think one good lesson in in was from my father was always one to put the his hands to the, the or the term is put your hand to the grindstone or nose to the grindstone, something like that. He would always like wake up early, go out, do his work. And he was always, you know, just he was one of the consistent type. The bad part with everything was learning that being an entrepreneur means you have to figure out how to set boundaries. And that was probably the Achilles heel of being an entrepreneur. Yes. I just went like two weekends ago to the first soccer game of my son's season which was unfortunately also the last game of the season. Can you say mama guilt? (laughs) Isn't that? So 
I'll do a it was that shameless plug or something about about my podcast. Please. <laughs> so that's kind of what my podcast is about is like how do you remain happy and have no regret but yet have impact. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the most challenging things is like figuring out how do you balance as an entrepreneur or a parentpreneur, whatever you want to you want to call it, how do you balance all the different areas? And I don't want to even call it work-life balance because that's really kind of separating the two. I think does it's it all even life. exist? I, I don't think so. I just think there's boundaries, mm-hmm. and you can't push past those boundaries. Like you have to have like your list of hierarchy. Yeah. And that's the only way that you could have some sense of sanity and clarity in, because if you're able to write down, like, here's my priorities. And if your your priority, you know, people say like their kids are first, but if my kid is coming inside the room as I'm typing or, you know, doing my work, am I saying like, get out, you know, because like I'm working but is there boundaries? Do they know that there's a time that my work it exists and then there's a time that I'm spending with them? You know, is there how, how do you set that so that you don't if so you're that telling they're your not kid, always second? Yeah. How do you make them feel like the first in mm-hmm. your life? Because if you're saying that they're first in your life, but yet if you have a home office or you're a parentpreneur, how do you not be a contradiction to what you're actually saying. That's such an interesting question because if we flip that around for a second and look at people with quote normal jobs who leave the home to go to work, it's never a question. Don't you think? I mean, unless they're working past the nine to five and are working, you know, 18 hours a day for their employer, do they get questioned as much? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if you're going to a nine to five, uh, to me, there's boundaries, right? You're saying from nine to five, these are working hours. And then after that time, you could, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think there's, there's definitely boundaries that exist right. when you have a nine to five. So how, uh, unless, so like I face this at 3.15 every single afternoon when my teenagers get home from school because they do just come into my office and start talking to me. And I'm like, look, I love you. And I hate that I love you, but, but I'm, I seriously say I love you, but this is my office and I am working. You wouldn't just go walk into your dad's office. He works at a bank into his whole cubicle and just start going blah, 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 right in front of, you know, everybody around him because sometimes I'm on a client call but I need my kids to know you know during these hours I am working for well for today example like right now because my kids are randomly at home today there is a good reason but I'm not going to get into that I said look I need you to be quiet from this time to this time while I'm on this call and then after that you can bring your play-doh out we don't normally let them play with play-doh because it gets into the hair and everything else but you can bring your play-doh out and you can play on my desk. And while that still doesn't put them first, it's a huge boost for them. So I feel like sometimes I'm gamifying it. Mm-hmm. 
So there's a, I was watching a thing on, I don't know if you've heard of a, a YouTuber called Casey Neistat. Is he a gamer? No, he's a YouTuber. Okay. And he lives in New York. And I learned that one of his, his areas is in the morning, he's with his kids helping them and making breakfast with his kids. So he's getting them out the door. And then from six to 10 at night, he's with his family. So he has everything in between and before breakfast. So he's doing things. He's waking up early, doing things before breakfast, and then from breakfast to 6 p.m. Love it. And I kind of have adopted some of that in my routine. I wake up at 4.50 a.m. Right now. I, I <laughs> so, so it all starts with my nighttime routine. Okay, good. I'm glad you brought that up. And I just recently started it, and it's been like, Awesome. Uh, one of the best things that and decisions I've made. Do you go so, to bed when your kids go to bed? After. After they do. Okay. So my kids go to bed early. Mm-hmm. They go to bed around 7, 7.30. So they go to bed early. Oh, my goodness. What time do they get up? I know that's deviating, but I'm, I am curious. 6. 6 a.m. Oh, okay. So they get up early. So and at night I'm taking, you know, I'm wearing those blue blocking light glasses. Mm-hmm. So when I'm on the computer or on my phone, I'm able to, or if I'm watching a movie with my wife or something, I'm able to block out that blue light that affects your sleep. And then I'm also taking a tablet of melatonin to go to sleep Amazing. like an hour, hour before I go to sleep and I go to sleep, wake up at four fifty. Hurry, throw on some clothes and, you know, rush out the door to the gym, work out for about an hour, come back, you know, get ready and then have breakfast with my kids and then be at my office by seven. Wow. Wow. So. And your, your wife is at home, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my husband is at home. He's a independent video game designer developer. That's like every guy's nowadays dream. <laughs> uh-huh. So he's he's working on his first game right now and he gets his productivity needs help, but I'm not about to start coaching my husband. That would not be good. <laughs> but he tries his best to be productive during the times when the kids are at daycare, but he gets easily distracted. But again, I'm not going to coach my husband. So he tries to work more at night and then he's up until like three or four in the morning. And then I need them out the door by nine. And that was our agreement. He's going to take care of daycare runs. So, yeah, it's fun. Hey, you said this is a plug, but you never said the name of your podcast. My podcast is called The Effort Show. F hyphen IT show. Oh, love it. So reason for it is kind of a shock factor a little bit, right? Yep. It's a marketing ploy, but the F is stands for me what it stands for is finding balance in the five f's which is faith family fitness fun and finances oh my gosh there's such humor in that just because it's the effort show like it's not faith right at the beginning like i wouldn't have necessarily put f it with faith but i love how you are doing that play right there so i've been watching you know a lot of things about People put in everything in the financial bucket, mm-hmm. so they're they're so focused on that, or they're only focused on the two, and then they wake up, you know, five ten years down the line, and they're going, "Well, did, 
like I have regrets. Like, oh yeah, you know, I, I didn't do anything in the fun bucket. Right. I didn't do anything in the family bucket. Yeah. Or you know, if you do, you could spend time in the family bucket, but you don't do anything in the fitness bucket. So you mm-hmm. feel, you know, and, and w- when I talk about the fitness bucket, I'm talking about health in general. You know, the mental, everything, fitness. Okay, so go over um, the five F's again. So faith. Yep. So faith, I I take it, you know, the spiritual aspect, right? We can dissect a brain, but we can't, we don't yet even understand the mind. Right. 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 So the mind, there's something out there. And for us to understand there's something bigger than ourselves. And I think there's a lot of people seeking for that aspect. So as long as we're continuing to seek for that, reading, you know, discovering people try to do it through meditation, through prayer, all kinds of different things. Right. So, so you're doing like a non secular, well, I don't know if non secular is the right word, but not necessarily Christian or Jewish or one particular sect of religion, but faith and spirituality in general, faith and spirituality in general. I mean, personally, mine is more secular focus myself, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I understand that there's people all over this world seeking Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think when you get that buttoned up and you could have a better understanding of it, there's like freedom in that because like we're still trying to figure it out. My you know, religious like, faith got so much stronger when I started getting my mindset and my non I'm a Christian, just putting it out there. Yep. But my mindset and my meditation and my spiritual practice got a lot better as no, I'm trying to say my Allegiance to my Christianity got a lot better as I got myself stronger as well through mindset and everything else. But I think it goes back and forth. So I love that. So I, I take mine from our Krishna perspective also. And I think that, you know, there's love others as you love yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and can you really love someone else if you don't have any love for yourself? What do we do for ourselves, for our mindset, for our bodies, for our, everything to take care of ourselves And love ourselves and look in the mirror and say, you know what? I love that person that I'm looking at. And we can't fully, I don't think, understand the capacity of faith unless if we really love ourselves. That's my personal, I'm still searching. So that's the reason why I also have this podcast because I'm, I'm seeking. So I I don't have the answers and I don't, I don't want to pretend that I have all the answers, but so there's the faith component. Then there's the family component, which is, you know, your friends, your community, your your immediate family, all that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody and they said, you know, we, we were talking about the social connection crisis that exists in the United States, right? People at meals, looking at their fo- cell phones instead of actually communicating with each other. And so we have this connection crisis happening. And so if we could button up our family, and I'm talking family in the broader sense of social. Yeah, but we make the family that we love as adults and as we grow. And I love that. I mean, yes, I have the family I was born into, or you may have been adopted into your family, but have you found that your, quote, family that you have created yourself is just amazing and sometimes you connect better than you do with your blood? Is so true. I mean, I think, the, the family, and I'm talking about immediate family sometimes, is is not necessarily a relative, right? Or oh, someone. Absolutely. Sometimes when I talk about immediate family, it could be your spouse or 
the person you're in a relationship with or your kids or whatever it is, you know, because, and I think about this when you're on your deathbed, right? What do most people do? They try to make amends with a family member that they haven't spoke to in years, right? They're like, you know what? Put aside everything because like, you know, that's it. Right. And I've seen this and experienced this in my own life with a family members watching a grandparent do that, making amends with an estranged family member, right? Right. And so, you know, the family aspect could mean all things. As long as you're in peace and contentment with that aspect, then you're doing your work. <laughs> and that family is your friends, your community, whatever that is, that family circle, like you said, the one you create and you connect with. Then the next one is your fitness. So that's, you what know, a struggle. Your, <laughs> it is a constant struggle. Your mind. Yeah. Your, you know, there's your heart. What about so your nutrition? Do you put that in there too? Like healthy eating? Nutrition. Yeah. Nutrition. Okay. All that. Right. If you, yeah. you would put, put in is what, what you get back. And so, you know, the, the health aspect I think is another bucket. And then the next bucket is the fun bucket. So what are you doing recreational for hobbies? What is making you laugh? Are you laughing? Are you having fun in your life? What is that? What is that? Mm-hmm. And are you putting anything in those buckets? Because sometimes we get so wrapped in the other buckets that we forget that there's like the actual fun bucket. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I have this big box of yarn in my office that my kids actually took the top off of. It's a Rubbermaid bin. And they've been, they haven't been toilet papering my office. They've been yarning my office, like wrapping my knitting yarn all around the chairs. And I just keep on staring, like I'm staring at it right now. Like, okay, when am I going to find where I hid my needles so that they wouldn't be doing sword fights with them so I can actually (laughs) engage in my favorite hobby again? Having having your fun hobbies. Exactly. Yeah. Listeners, if you haven't heard it, I knit my wedding dress, Peter. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to get back to my knitting. My kids want more blankets. I mean, the last blanket that any of my kids got was when my twins were newborn and they might cover their feet now. It's time. Fill up your fun bucket. Yeah. What do you put in your fun bucket? My fun bucket right now is a crossover uh, between my fitness area right now. Oh, I love that. So some of the things I do, I actually enjoy and have fun with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our activities can totally cross-populate more than one of the Fs. Yep. When you were talking about family, you, you had me thinking about my own childhood and family dinners. And I remember sitting at my father's house, my parents divorced when I was young. And I remember food fights. And it, I mean, my dad was never amused. But my stepmom would pick up the spoon and fling peas right with the rest of us. And those are the, you know, those are the fun family moments that I remember. But in my house, that would never happen because we are so bad. I mean, the littles each have their Amazon fire for kids or Kindle for kids, and they take them to dinner, which is so not how we wanted to do or how we want to do it. It's been worse this week because my husband and I have just been crazy running around. So we haven't been taking the tablets away. We've been trying but I can't imagine a food fight with the tablets at the table. I mean, we'd be like, oh, don't, you know, you're going to wreck it. And why should that even be a question? Yeah. Think about the laughter, though, growing up, you know, with the food fights, though. I mean, it was like, so much fun. 
and I think about the fun bucket quite a bit. Like, do I wake up like five, 10 years down the line and be, you know, do I, have I laughed? Am I truly happy? Am I having, so my, mine, I enjoy a lot of comics. So I try to get some laughter in. I watch some things. My wife thinks it's silly or, but I get a laugh out of it. So I try to laugh and enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. Next one is, so we did faith, family, fitness, fun. And the last one is finances. Mm. And I think finances is more than we think of just like making an income, right? Because yeah. because like as an entrepreneur, sometimes it is about the money, but it's not even about the money. It's about the experience and the journey. Right. We enjoy the challenges and like figuring things out. So, but I think a big part of the financial bucket also is wealth building. And I think if you look ahead 10 years or back 10 years, and you're like, where did my money go? You know, like we actually made some money. I, sh- I show on my tax return, I actually am making a decent income, but yet we have nothing to show for it. That could be regrets, right? Like oh, absolutely. If, you're not, if, you're, if you're not putting putting that away. So there's a book called The Richest Man in ba- Babylon, right? And I think that's the title of the book. No, and it is. I haven't read it, but that is, yeah. So, so in that book, the teaching was that, you know, you need to save 10% off the top and put it aside for investments. And so some of the things I'm subscribing to are some of the philosophies of different people. But I think that there's the different areas within the financial bucket that is beyond, you know, they could cross over to the fun bucket too. You know, like you well, said, the, there's faith, crossover. And to faith, because if your mindset's not right, your financial bucket may not improve either. I mean, if you're, if your faith is not there and you believe that you're always going to be in scarcity mode, then in my opinion, you will be. So your financial situation is not going to get better. And it also crosses over with your family bucket. Oh, definitely. Crosses over in all areas. So I think that that aspect. So if you could have five of them in balance of some way, and that could mean in boundaries so like you said that this is my office time i think that's what's important is having somewhat some way to have those five in your life and as long as you have those five in your life you should get out of that a level of productivity happiness everything right that kind of like comes in together so figuring out how to get those five is the tricky part. And I think it's each individual. I can't tell you how, what your faith needs to be. I can't tell you what your family should look like. I can't tell you what your uh, fitness should look like. I can't tell you what your fun looks like. I can't tell you what your finances should look like because I think it's each person to their level of contentment and happiness. You know what I wish I had right now, actually, is a, uh, I'm trying to think of a movie that has it. There was a Tom Cruise movie where there was like a big electronic dashboard and and he was a policeman and these like people could see into the future. But the point of me sharing this was that this board in front of him, he could use his hands and move things around on it. But I wish I had my own personal dashboard that constantly had circles of those five and it would show me where 
like what percentage of my life had or was in each of those buckets right now. So I could constantly be monitoring all five. Like a test. So, so one of the things that I kind of look at and do is break those five into columns and focus on a 90 day period. So taking those five buckets areas and say what I currently have, what is the current picture? How does that make me feel? Am I satisfied or content with those areas? And then how can I prove those and focus on that for the next 90 days Mm. in those different areas? And so if you keep doing that, then you continue to move forward and you are able to observe, Yeah. observe those areas. So if you're not content with the way your faith bucket is going, well, why, why aren't you content with it? How does that make you feel? Peter, do you think a 90 day review is frequent enough though? Or do you actually review it more often? Because I can see myself needing to do this at least once a week. Well, I think that the, you could look at it once a week, Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, analysis and then creating those goals and then knowing what action steps need to be taken. Yeah. You know, that's the once every 90 days. I mean, you could look at it every day and observe whether or not that's in alignment. But I think if you're doing that, observing doing those then you're not able to focus on those things that are important if you're constantly changing it every week amazing this might be switching the topic drastically but i'm so curious how effort plays into you being roi maximizer with scale strong so that's my business that i've done for the last probably 10 years Mm -hmm. and I was all business, but end up about business. So ROI is, you know, return on investment. And I was all focused on the business bucket, the finance bucket. And I learned that it's not all about that. And I need to focus on the other buckets. And so I, I've simplified it to what I've talked about. I love that because I do think though, that you can get an like a a great ROI from investing in any one of those buckets in your business even. Because I mean, I know when I'm spending time with my family and when I'm having fun, Oh my gosh, I get hit with idea after idea after idea. But if I'm just sitting here in the business bucket all the time or constantly working in finances, it's like a dry well of ideas of no ideas, I should say. Yeah. In your business, you need to be creative Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur and being stuck in that mindset, you can't see outside of that area, <laughs> that you, that creative space. And so by entering those different buckets and focusing, sometimes you're able to get that creative juice flowing again, and then you could go back. Absolutely. Right? What are you most excited about in the next 90 days? I'm most excited about meeting people, new people. So part of the podcast is interviewing guests and meeting new people. And I want to hear what other people are saying about their lives. So I think that's most exciting and building my podcast. I mean, that's pretty exciting. Just it's on Roku, the Roku TV box. It's on. um, That's amazing. Amazon. I think it's all, all over the place. So. So like, it's, it's just a fun time, you know, I'm writing a book right now, so that should be in the next 90 days out. So 
there's just a lot of things happening and that has to do with part of writing down where I'm at right, and where I want to be, how I feel about my current position and the areas that I'm content in. I have areas that I'm content in and I don't do too much except continue on the routines that I'm doing now. Maybe do some, some small tweaks to them. I never expected this podcast to be as rewarding as it has been. I never expected to have such amazing conversations. And I feel like I've gotten $10, $10 million in free coaching. <laughs> That's <laughs> We're in the same wavelength <laughs> because I think about that. The reason why I want to talk to people is because I'm like, I want the exact same thing that you've just experienced. <laughs> I want to talk to more people and experience that that aspect of it, that mind-blowing moments. You know, I think um, there's a podcast by Brad Lee. Yep. And he calls it dropping the bomb. Or, yeah. And at, like having those moments of just like that bomb drops. Those are the moments that I want. <laughs> I want more of those. I got to tell you every time, every single time that I've told my team, because actually my team is now family. We call ourselves Team Awesome, but my team is, some of them are more family than my blood family is. But every time I've told them, hey, I need to cancel this recording today. I just don't have time. They're like, uh, no, you don't. You know, you're going to go on there and you're going to get 10,000 more ideas or you're going to get coaching that you need that we need. And then we're going to listen to the show because we're doing the show notes and we need it too. get your butt on there and tell us what we can do, what you should have delegated a week ago so that you have time to get onto this podcast. That's awesome. And every single time that happens, it's like, bang, there it was. I needed that. So, I mean, unless I actually did, Peter, I canceled the call that was supposed to be before yours this morning. Listeners, okay, particularly men, okay, I'm calling out to all you men. Peter, you're included. You got to stop being so stubborn about health issues. My 16-year-old didn't tell us about a health issue that he was having until like last night, and it's been going on for a couple of weeks. So I spent the night in the ER with him, and I was just not in the mood for podcasting at nine o'clock this morning. But like not canceling this call, holy moly, I'm in the five Fs. I'm just blown away. So one one of the things that about your time and fitness, right? Like when you think about your health and the importance of it and having accountability to others, right? Like you were just saying, yeah, having a team around you that is saying, do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you need to do it because like we have doubts, we have our own things that we have issues with that we're dealing with our family life and the family bucket, And so part of my health challenge was, so I I want to be like the Hulk, right? Like that's my, (laughs) like, like, uh, so do I, I want to be the female Hulk, female Hulk. Yep. So my wife was like, I'll be your accountability partner. And I says like, honestly, it can't be you. Like we talk too much and like you're good listener there, but I need someone that I I don't want to disappoint. Like, I don't want to have to tell somebody else that maybe I look up to that I did not accomplish my goal. Oh, I so hear that. Because sometimes a spouse, it's easier to be like them being supportive, like, oh, that's all right. You'll do better tomorrow or something like that. Right. No, you need need someone to be like, what what the heck are you doing? Like, why aren't you? 
So I reached out to somebody that a family member and I said, Hey, look, and, and this was last month, beginning of last month. I said like, you know, I've been working out, I've been doing my fitness thing, but I haven't been consistent because, you know, I was waking up around eight o'clock or so and the day is ready going by then, right? There's like emails and phone calls and people that I need to talk to. And so my workout schedule is just all over the place. And so I said, I need someone to hold me to the fire. And so we talked about it and we developed a point system. So I would get, I would need three points a week on in the uh, weightlifting area, three points a week in the cardio area, up to five points minimum a week for the sleep category uh, and then points for the nutritional area. And at the end of the month, I would need so many points or else I would donate. He's a volunteer firefighter and I would donate money for their food, you know, to and then they would take a picture and send it to me and be like, thanks for the food. That's you an know. amazing idea. So that was my deal, right? Yeah. So October was going. There was a time at night, like the sun already set. And I was like, I got to text him that I did a workout, that I did my workout and I haven't done one. So like I went outside and went for a jog or a walk and got my cardio in. Texted him, did my cardio for the day, right? Well, we were talking on the phone, and both of us were talking about this 5 a.m. thing, like we wanted to do it. And he said, well, yeah, I want to do the same thing. So the next morning he texted me, you know, I did a 5 a.m. workout. I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I got up at like 8 o'clock, right? I think he did it two days in a row. Then he stopped after that. He just did two days. And so I was, I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do that so bad. So I was like, what? I forgot who I was watching. And I think it was Steve Zim. He's a um, like a celebrity trainer. Okay. And um, he talked a lot about sleep and making sure that you're taking your supplements and just being consistent. And so I was like, let me try that. Let me try maximizing my bookends of my day. Mm. Right? Yeah. So if I can maximize my bookends of my day, my first part of my day and my end of my day, then what happens in the middle could, you know, it goes all up and down. But as long as I'm maximizing those parts. So I focused on like the sleep area, which was get blue light blocking glasses and take my melatonin. Yeah. And when I decided that, I went on Amazon and ordered melatonin, right? Right. And it was like two day shipping, but I was like, so I'm like thinking in my head, like, okay, I'm going to wait two days in order oh to- Oh my gosh, Peter, you sound just like me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like a Sunday night and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I saying like, I'm going to do it? Like, why don't I start my beginning my week that way? So I, I like just got in the car and my wife's like, I was just at the store. You could have, I could have picked up something for you. I was like, I'm just going to go and buy a melatonin. Like, I'm going to go to the store real quick because it's near my house, not too mm-hmm. far. It took me like 10 minutes to drive, picked it up, came back an hour before my bed, popped it in and started my Monday, you know, with that 5 a.m. I, I just said, like, screw it. I'm not going to do it that way again. Peter, have you heard of Habit Share app? I have not. Okay. I'm going to put a link in the show notes, which listeners you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP546. But if you're still keeping accountable with your family member, 
You should both get Habit Share. I'm not an affiliate, by the way, because you can actually put in all these habits that you want to do and you can make your own way of doing your point structure in there, but you can tell it, do I want to do this every day? Do I want to do it three times a week? You know, once a week, once a month, whatever. And then you just go in there and you say, yes, I did it. No, I didn't. Or maybe today just had to be a skip day because I was, you know, ill in bed or something and it doesn't hold that against you. But I'm definitely going to get that app. I'm going to go take a look at it after this call. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. And you can add me because if you want to, I'll keep you accountable because sure. for, I'm supposed to be gluten, corn and dairy free. And I'll tell you that when I eat gluten and corn, I break out in hives. Oh, my kids are yelling at me for not doing it. My husband just brought me, if you all heard the door open earlier, he brought me a turkey sandwich on wheat bread. So I totally, he was, no, not really. I mean, amazing, but not because he knows, but it's like you not being able to use your wife as the accountability partner. We need, like, if I just took my butt to the store and got the food I'm supposed to be eating, like we can't rely on other people to do what we need to do. We need to do it ourselves. So like, and I'm supposed to be, I actually went so far as to hire a fitness and nutrition coach. But unless I'm keeping myself accountable, I can't expect her to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your will is stronger than your fitness coach's will. Yeah. And so I fell off the wagon a month ago. And I've been, yeah, it's been ridiculous. And I can feel the re- the difference. Hell Elrod, also, if you haven't read The Miracle Morning. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, like, I get my second wind at 10 p.m. So I'm not one that's about to start waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning. But I think it's amazing for people who do, good for you. It's just not for me. And I think we all have to give ourselves grace and know that it works for some people. It doesn't work for other people. And for me, if I wake up at 4.30, then I run the risk of waking up a whole house of kids. And I'm not willing to do that. Just no. That's what I mean by I can't tell you what your faith, family, fitness, fun, all those areas look like. Right. Only, you know, like what you work as an optimal level mm-hmm. when you're like on it, your mindset is on it. And you, I'm sure everybody that's listening knows that point that, you know, that you've pushed yourself to what you are able to do and how it felt, you know, like those limits. And if you keep pushing yourself to those limits every single day or try to, you know, you're just going to expand the, that limit cap, <laughs> On what you're able to do. Oh, absolutely. So, you, have you heard of Joe Rogan? I have. Okay. So, him and his friends did a thing in October for like weight loss, right? Or not weight loss, but like a fitness challenge. And they got this like my zone, like this thing that goes around your chest and it tracks your effort by actually tracking your heart rate. Hmm. And they, push themselves to their capacity. Like they were in competition. They didn't, they originally thought it would just be like making sure that you got your work in out in. And you know, if you did your standard workout, how many points you got and see who won at the end of the month, but they ended up like really pushing themselves. And so some of them were doing two workouts a day, one in the morning, one afternoon, and they just like push themselves really hard. And like part of that made me think like, okay, like I'm not pushing myself enough in this fitness bucket category. So in the morning, like I was, I got into the routine of doing the 5am workout, right? Not everybody could do that, but just 
trying to do that in a day. I wasn't that person before, but I was like determined <laughs> that as long as I got my nighttime routine down, that I could get my morning routine started. Right. Yeah. So whatever that meant. And so then I scheduled, I've been studying infrared saunas, like far infrared and stuff. So I made a deal with somebody local and I said, like, I want to go there four, four times a week for 30 minutes and I want to go in the infrared sauna. So I work, wake up, do my 5 a.m. workout four times a week at 1230. I do the infrared sauna. So I'm actually doing two workouts basically a day right now for half an hour. I go do the infrared sauna, come back and continue doing my work. And without a doubt, I could tell myself that you're doing like pushing yourself to the limits and that fitness bucket I'm very content with at this moment. Right. So I'm like looking at what other areas, what am I not content with? Well, one of the areas that I'm still trying to figure out and be content with is in the faith bucket. Right. That aspect, like be like on top of that, my family bucket, some of it areas could get better. My fun bucket and my finance bucket, all those I'm working on those things, but I know my, my fitness bucket is being worked on. Yeah. And that's, that's all because like in focusing on the simplicity of just this concept of your book ends of your day, that's it. Yeah. Well, self-awareness and focus are sometimes the first key to just taking anything in our life to the next level. But the self-awareness, number one, can be so hard, just that itself. And I've had so many times where it feels like I'm getting hit in the side of the head with a wood plank. Like, okay, now I understand. Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. I see it now. It's like that song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. You know, it's like, bang. I can see yeah. it. All right. Now what do I need to do? Yeah. Clarity is the the biggest, like, like once you break through, have a breakthrough moment, like when you've done your, you know, your parentpreneur business, you know, and you had that moment of like, this is what I want to do. This is what like seems fun to me. This is what I want to be spending the next five, 10 years life doing. Right. Like when you have those moments of like clarity, it's like so amazing because like then you could like work from those moments of clarity. Right. Wow. So there's one thing that I wouldn't say before I started. If, if someone's like wanting to start working on their health, I'm not the image of health. I'm not a men's health catalog whatsoever, like way far from it. But what got me started too is I just focused. I was talking to somebody and they said like most people – their guts are all screwed up. And so like taking like a, a good multivitamin and some like fish oil, unless if you're a vegan, you know, there's, I'm sure there's other things that you could be taking. Like just taking those two things could help, you know, with your workout or your day. And so I just started by doing simple stuff first. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like overnight. All of a sudden I'm waking up at 5 a.m. and doing a workout. It took me about a little over two months to actually finally get into the routines of doing that. Thank you for reinforcing that because no, it's not an overnight. Yeah. You know, it's not just an overnight thing. I actually, my fitness and nutrition person told me to get my vitamin D checked. And as it turned out, my, my primary care physician was also doing the same thing. She's like, I would not doubt at all that you have a vitamin D deficiency. 
Well, as it turned out, I did. I mean, it's according to Western medical standards, you're supposed to be at least a 30. And I was at a 12. I think I was at a 15. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I was like right above you. But yeah, that was, that's a huge, if you're having issues with like, like actually getting your butt going, like that could be a vitamin D issue. Like doing those tests are so helpful for figuring that out. Oh, definitely. And then she also recommended Dr. Scholz's superfood. So that's been amazing as well. But I mean, it, it all comes like it's, it's a lot of different things that all have to go together. And that's just like fitness and nutrition, but start putting de- together the faith and the family and the fun and the finances. Bang, you will get it all together. Peter, I don't want to wrap up this conversation, but for both of our productivity for the day and for <laughs> positive productivity and for our kids who are doing who knows what right now. I'd love to ask where listeners can find you online, including your podcast. I know you already shared some of those ways, but where can we find you? So you could go to my website, petershinen.com, and that's S-H-I-N-E-N. I'm launching my website, f-it.tv, shortly. And then my podcast is the F-it, F-it show. So if you're interested, get on there. If we're getting more content coming up in the next couple of weeks, yeah, just uh, subscribe and uh, stay tuned for more content and things that are going to be coming out. I am subscribing for sure. And again, listeners, all those links will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP546. And I invite you, please, to visit the show notes, leave a comment down below, and also to subscribe, rate, and review both the Effort Show and Positive Productivity because your subscription, rate, and review will help us get bigger exposure and help more people with our missions. Peter, I want to thank you so much again for coming on today. And I'd love to ask, do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can share with listeners? Focus on your next 90 days. Don't focus on what's going on, you know, at the end of the year. There's a saying, people overestimate what they could do in a day and underestimate what they could do in five years. So if you just focus on the pieces and just continue to get better, then you'll look back five years from now and just be in amazement like I was there and now I'm here and focusing on those five F's for the next 90 days. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.